0: The Democratic Party has decided not to hold a primary and prayed out the oldest president in American history. Nikki Haley just lost the Republican primary by more than 30 points to quote, none of these candidates. We're gearing up for possibly the most consequential election in our country's history. All that and more, stay tuned. Welcome back to the Create Your Own Life Show. I am your host, Jeremy Ryan Slate, CEO of Command Your Brand. And we help to combat cancel culture by placing our clients on the right podcast and new media. Grab, grab our brand new book, ranked number one in the PR space on Amazon over at bestpodcastbook.com. Reminder before we jump into today's conversation to comment on, like this video, and smash the subscribe button if you support liberty, freedom, and want to build a better future. We have a return guest with us today that I have the pleasure of having on for, I believe, the third time now. And actually, his episode on JFK, uh, which got, I believe, a three hundred and fifty thousand views on the show, is our all time uh, highest viewed show. We have Roger Stone back on the show today. Roger, thanks for for spending some time with us today, sir.
1: Jeremy, I'm really really glad to be with you.
0: Absolutely, and and you know, with all of your election experience and and years experience working in, you know the Republican Party, sometimes supporting the Libertarian Party. I'm excited to take a look at a lot of the changes we have going on in the RNC right now. And we saw Ronna McDaniel is uh, stepping down, I guess, not until after South Carolina. I guess when we look at the RNC, it kind of feels like a dumpster fire, Roger. How would you describe what is happening at the RNC right now?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's very important to recognize Uh, that uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel is actually a historic figure. She's the first Republican national chairperson to preside over defeat in a presidential election and not be replaced. Since the party was founded in 1861, every national chairman who had the ignominious embarrassment of losing a presidential race has stepped down and been replaced for some bizarre reason Uh, the national committee uh, chose to retain uh, ms romney but as you know her track record has gotten no better we did not fare well in last year's off-years elections we didn't fare well in the elections of the year before so uh, some people may not think this is important since donald trump is doing extraordinarily well now leading uh, objectively in every swing state leading nationally uh, a real intensity in his level of support uh, as the Democratic primaries play out, where Joe Biden really has essentially cleared the field of any opposition, nobody's turning out to vote for him, which is, uh, which is problematic. That is a sign of no enthusiasm, no intensity uh, for his candidacy. Uh, Even the party organizations can't get people to turn out and vote for for Crooked Joe. So a very bad sign, whereas Donald Trump is not only winning primaries and caucuses, but he's winning them by record margins. Uh, He's winning them despite being massively uh, outspent. He's winning them while under attack from the deep state on a various uh, uh, front of legal questions. So. The National Committee is important for a couple reasons. First and foremost, under the federal law, there are certain campaign activities that only the National Committee can do in conjunction and coordination with the presidential campaign. That means it is essential to have a well-funded Republican National Committee. And that's the biggest problem. Fundraising under Romney McDaniel which has been in the past been robust, uh, is now really anemic because donors, small, medium, and large, have no confidence in her, uh, in her expenditure of their money. And then when you read how much the party spent on flowers and limousines and five-star resorts and hairdressers and makeup artists, it really makes people, is that where I want to send my money? Uh, I urge individual Republicans, individual conservatives, individual free thinkers. uh, If you see candidates for Congress that you like, don't give to the party. Give directly to the candidate you like. And frankly, if the candidate uses a payment processing program called WinRed, well, then look on their website for where you can mail them a check because there's a healthy skim off of uh, campaign contributions given through WinRed. Now, that in itself raises another question. Who is WinRed? This is a ubiquitous company uh, that both provides payment processing for online fundraising for Republican candidates for Congress and the Senate and governor. It also uh, rents voter lists uh, to campaigns. Uh, And it is used exclusively By the Republican National Committee. In fact, if you, Jeremy, if you ran for Congress, uh, the Republican National Committee would pressure you into using WinRed to process your contributions if you wanted any help from them. Uh, Who is WinRed? I think we need to know that, but we don't know that. Uh, just one example. Wasn't there of also of the,
0: questions, Roger, and and I'd, I'd have to find the the source on this. I heard it heard it on a podcast, so I'd have to find the story on this. But wasn't there also consulting fees being paid to the treasurer from WinRed as well, directly from the RNC?
1: I believe that is correct. I think you're going to find is that WinRed belongs to certain RNC officials, and to me, that's a, a conflict of interest that needs to be explored. Uh, the point here, of course, is that this problem needs to get fixed, and it needs to get fixed quickly. Now, what you have going on is uh, is interesting. Uh, Maggie Haberman at uh, The New York Times, who's a very, very well-connected reporter with excellent sources in both parties and within all factions of the Republican Party, uh, has written a blockbuster story that said that... Uh, that that Ronna Romney McDaniel is going to be stepping down after the South Carolina primary. I can tell you that a number of sources have told me today uh, that Ronna Romney and people around her are denying this. Uh, They're saying, not for the record, interestingly enough, but they're saying off the record or on deep background that that is not true. Uh, It sounds to me uh, like Romney McDaniel met with the president, agreed to step down, and then somebody purposely prematurely leaked this story as a way to try to undo it. Kind of like the Roe v. Wade matter, where the fact that the court was considering overturning Roe leaked to the media for the first time in the history of the Supreme Court, It is my conjecture that whoever leaked that either thought that the firestorm it created was going to undo it or trying to exact maximum damage to the Republican Party uh, as abortion advocates made the the false claim. Well, this is going to make all abortion illegal, which, of course, it didn't do. So uh, this is it's a great parlor game now by tradition, as I said. The Republican nominee has uh, the prerogative to name anyone he wants as chairman. Does not have to be a member of the Republican National Committee, by the way. Could be could be anyone, uh, anybody uh, who's uh, qualified, anybody who's uh, loyal to the president. Uh, and um, there's a lot of speculation as to who that may be. Uh, I have no firsthand knowledge of who the president's choice is. I will say now that... Whoever he chooses to name or to endorse or to urge to run, I will definitely support. But I don't know as of that this moment who that might be. The key thing is to get somebody who brings back donor confidence. People have to believe uh, that if they give money to the Republican National Committee, it's not going to go to use. It's not going to be used to pay for uh, makeup and uh, hairstyling. Farhana, Romney, McDaniel.
0: Well, Roger, let me ask you this too, because I know, um, I believe it was just a couple weeks ago that, that uh, Turning Point USA had their event um, just around the same time that the RNC was, was having their event. And I, I guess looking at it, is the RNC as relevant as they used to be, or are groups like Turning Point representing more of what the actual voter base believes? Because if, if you look at it, it seems to me like the the RNC as it stands is really just promoting the neocon wing of the party.
1: Well, but as I explained, uh, there are certain legal things that Turning Point cannot do. Now, I'm a big booster of Turning Point. I spoke at their conference in Palm Beach. I spoke at their uh, great conference in Phoenix. Uh, I'm a big supporter of both Turning Point and of Charlie Kirk. Uh, and I think that was a very exciting uh, event in Phoenix, particularly because more than 50 percent. Of the over fifteen thousand people who attended, were under twenty five years old. This is this is uh, this may be the most, this may have been the most important event in the history of the conservative movement. In all honesty, it's a very very good sign. Uh, that said, however, uh, and while Turning Point can you know through the proper structure and filings do a lot of political action activities legally, and certainly has an excellent fundraising prowess. There are still still certain functions that can only be done by the National Committee in a what's called a joint fundraising committee uh, with the House and the Senate uh, and the presidential candidate. So the financial health and the mechanical capability of the Republican National Committee will always be important.
0: So, how does this upheaval in the RNC affect the 2020 election cycle? Like, does it affect um, funding? Um, does it affect, you know, the fact that Nikki Haley has not decided to to bow out yet? Like, how does this upheaval affect the 2024 cycle?
1: Well, I think it affects it positively because this is a problem that needs to be solved. Uh, an insolvent uh, Republican National Committee uh, is a major problem for Donald Trump. His campaign is doing great. His fundraising is doing great. Uh, Every time he's indicted someplace in another set of of fictitious or fabricated charges in this tsunami of lawfare, uh, his strength actually gets greater. The the intensity of his support grows. So uh, uh, it's very important that this get fixed uh, because we need a vibrant, well-funded, well-run Republican National Committee. It also speaks to the question of election integrity. Uh, the 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 Trump campaign, uh, candidly, and the Republican National Committee in 2020 was never prepared for the level of cheating uh, and fraud uh, and yeah. thuggery. Frankly, that they were subjected to. That will not happen again. Meaning, there will be technical and perfectly legal mechanisms put in place so that the next election cannot be stolen. Uh, I read on Gateway Pundit just last night, something I'd never read before, which was kind of a blow by blow rundown of what happened at the uh, vote count center in Detroit was chilling. I mean, it really was thuggery where Democratic uh, poll watchers are having Republican poll watchers physically removed by the Detroit police uh, so that uh, they're vote counting of military ballots that popped up from no place can be done in private just and it's I shortened that obviously the story is far more draconian than that so
0: again and we also had here in, in New Jersey where I where I live um, in Atlantic City the city council president was actually charged in a in a a scheme where basically they were collecting absentee ballots and they were actually voting for people. And I think right. when we looked at that four years ago, Roger, they were saying, Oh, that didn't happen. It's, it's, it's a lie, but you know, there is actually a case being prosecuted in New Jersey right now against the president of the Atlantic city uh, city council.
1: Now, you, you refer of course to the famous Calloway brothers. I've only known them for 40 years. <laughs> uh, believe me in Atlantic city vote stealing is an art form and has been for a long, long time. Uh, Look, I I think, but again, the Republican National Committee's role in voter integrity is going to be to pay for it. Uh, I have high confidence in the people running the Trump campaign. I'm, as you know, a veteran of 13 national presidential campaigns starting in 1968 for Richard Nixon, again, 1972 for Nixon, in 1976, 80 and 84, uh, in senior roles finally for Ronald Reagan uh, proud to say that I worked for one of the greatest Americans of the 20th century, Senator Bob Dole. Uh, my uh, work uh, uh, for the on the recount for George W. Bush, where I was essentially drafted, uh, and of course, very proud of my long friendship and advocacy for Donald Trump. All of that said, uh, I must tell you, I think the Trump campaign, the Trump campaign running today, is the single best organized, well thought out uh, data driven, uh, effective, efficient, disciplined, uh, campaign that I have ever seen. Uh, wow. and the results show this is why Trump didn't just win Iowa. He tripled the margin of the previous high vote getter who happened to be my old boss, Senator Bob Dole. He won by 12 and a half points. Trump almost tripled that. That, that was a solid, solid win. And then in New Hampshire, we had a lot of things working against him. First of all, while it is true that independents, non-Republicans, can vote in the Republican primary, it's only legal if the Republican State Committee approves it. There was never any vote of the Republican State Committee. The Secretary of State allowed independents to vote in the Republican primary anyway. Uh, and then uh, Governor Chris Pig-Eyes Sununu, uh, one of the worst rhinos that ever lived, the offspring of John Pig-Eyes Sununu, a former governor, uh, another rhino. Uh, he moved heaven and earth in a state, a small state, where a governor has a lot of power to try to move independence into the Republican primary. Donald Trump got massively outspent in New Hampshire. I think Nikki Haley spent somewhere around thirty-eight million dollars. Trump spent somewhere around eighteen. Yet a solid double-digit win for Trump. If you break it down, you look at just Republicans, Trump won 70% of the vote in New Hampshire. It's only when you dilute that with non-Republicans that Nikki Haley ended up with about 43% of the vote.
0: If you appreciate the work that we do here and you want to support this show, the biggest way you can do that is by supporting the products that we know, use, and love and that I recommend for you here on the show. The first that I want to talk about is MyPillow, literally one of my favorite products. The MyPillow Classic is what I use every single night. It's handled a lot of my neck pain, a lot of my back pain. As you guys know, I've been a competitive powerlifter since my early 20s. I've retired from that, but I still take pretty good care of myself. And I'm still pulling some heavy weights as I pulled 500 last week on deadlift. And uh, our favorite product from when we travel is actually the MyPillow Travel Pillow. And it's one of the things that we actually give to absolutely everybody. It is a great product to fall asleep on. So if you want to go to MyPillow.com C-Y-O-L. There's some really great holiday deals over there. You can get up to 66% off of select products. Also, one of the biggest changes in my life over the years has been handling a lot of parasites in my body. A number of years ago, I did a cleanse with uh, Dr. Jason Dean, and we removed these things called liver fluke from my body. They were actually eating my liver. It was kind of crazy. Every few months, I do either a parasite cleanse or his full moon detox that he's doing right now. So if you want to head over to bravetv.store slash C-Y-O-L and uh, grab some of his amazing products over there, I know he has a great holiday special going on right now as well. Support our sponsors. They help the show to continue, and they help us to do what we're doing. And we could not do it without you. And you could do it just by uh, using the power of the purse and uh, supporting the products that we love. Thanks. I guess when you look at it, we had we had a conversation with uh, with with Gavin Wax from the uh, New York Young Republicans on the show last week, and he were talking about you know the rising populist movement within the Republican Party and and how that really has been um, you know I guess a power base for Trump. And I guess when you look at it, why are people so excited about Trump? What do you think? What do you think you know makes them say you know this guy is different than other people I voted for? Because
1: he's a transformational figure. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, but he's a billionaire, but he's never lost the common touch. He's a billionaire, but he's not a snob. He's a billionaire, but he's more comfortable with regular people than he is with elites. So I've known him for 45 years. If you gave Donald Trump a, a choice of having a burger with a group of cab drivers or a bunch of plumbers, or a bunch of drywall men, or having uh, a fancy dinner with a bunch of Fortune 500 CEOs, I know which one he would take. Uh, Trump likes people. He gets his strength from people. Uh, And uh, he identifies with the working man. I think the working man identifies with him. Now, we've seen this before in our politics. We've had very wealthy patrician presidents, Uh, not that Trump is a patrician although he did graduate from an Ivy League school. But, but we, we've seen this phenomena before. Uh, Trump, uh, I think, has changed the face of the party forever. We are no longer the party of the wealthy. We're no longer the party of Wall Street. We are no longer the party of the moneyed interest. We certainly are not the party of the hedge funds. Uh, we're, we're not the party, uh, certainly, of big business. We are the party of small business small and medium-sized business. We are the party of entrepreneurs and business people. We are the party of the middle class. Uh, this is a sea change. There was a day in America when both parties believed in capitalism, for example. Not only one party believes in capitalism. A majority of the people in the other party actually believe socialism, or perhaps even communism, works better than capitalism. Uh, they're against free enterprise. Therefore, They're in favor of the government distributing the wealth. Uh, That's a a dramatic change. So the Republican Party post-Trump is never going to go back to being the party of the country club, the party of the Bushes, the party of the moneyed elite. There are still some people uh, in that faction of the party involved in the party at the leadership level, but not at the voter level. Donald Trump has remade the Republican Party uh, as it has been remade in the past. So uh, the Reagan Democrat, uh, the new coalition of white Southern working class Catholic uh, union members in the Northeast and white Democrats uh, in uh, in the South, which was kind of the first coalition, Trump is now expanding that coalition to increase to an increasingly large number of African-American voters. Uh, He's making uh, historic inroads among Hispanic voters. Uh, He's made extraordinary inroads among Asian-American voters. So the the face of the the party is changed forever. Now, who comes post-Trump? It's too early to say. The question I get on all of these shows uh, and every single day, uh, it was, who, who is he going to pick for vice president? The answer is, I don't know. Uh, I know the criteria, meaning, first and foremost, you have to pick someone who has the experience and the judgment and the temperament uh, and the commitment to the America First populist agenda uh, to be president, to fulfill the job, if, God forbid something would happen to Donald Trump and he couldn't finish the job. Uh, But then, and then, and only then, once you have somebody who's fully qualified and you have someone who is committed to your agenda, so it's not a balancing act. I mean, there was a time in American politics that Reagan, for example, who was an outsider like Trump, felt that he needed to take Bush, who was an insider, to keep the party regulars happy and to reassure the moderates in the party. Well, we don't have any moderates in the party anymore. First of all, uh, and se- I would agree se- with that. Uh, and and secondarily, uh, that is a that is a prescription for disaster. So uh, this is to the extent that Reagan, who had a celebrated a birthday last week, to the extent that he made any big mistake, and he made some. Obviously, uh, one of his biggest mistakes was George Bush. That's a mistake which the party paid for for a long time. The only incumbent president in our lifetime so stupid that he couldn't get reelected. That's pretty tough. So uh, it is, uh, it is uh, too early to say who that vice presidential candidate will be. How could you decide who the Republican vice presidential candidate should be until we know who the Democratic vice presidential candidate will be? In fact, before we even know who the Democratic presidential candidate will be. Uh, do you Joe- think
0: they replace him, Roger? Like, who do you think they replace him with? I, I've I've kind of been saying for a while now that I think it's they pull a fast one and try to figure out who to, how to put Gavin Newsom in there. But I guess like like who do they put there? Like, what do they do? Uh, I think that they that they uh, they cleared
1: the field so that Joe can get enough votes to be re- nominated. So he since he's essentially unopposed in the caucuses and the primaries, as uh, he will get renominated. Uh, that he, he is continuing to insist that if re-nominated, he will select Kamala Harris as his running mate. I think that'll take it. They'll take it right up to the convention. He'll have more than enough votes to be nominated. That will be the point at which he announces that, for reasons of his health, uh, he cannot accept the nomination. He's not stepping down as president, but he's releasing his delegates. He's throwing it open to an open convention. Be very exciting. Uh, and then you will see, in my opinion, the orchestrated draft of Michelle Obama. Uh, she she will not she's not going to run. So when they say Roger Stone, Michelle says Michelle Obama is going to run. From, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is she will ultimately allow herself to be drafted uh, because that evil Donald Trump must be stopped. That will be her rationale. I don't want to do this. I don't want to give up my freedom and I don't love politics, but but the country has to be saved from Donald Trump and I, Michelle Obama, the only one who can do it. So therefore, I'll run. And then Gavin Newsom, I mean, you're half right. Then Gavin Newsom will be brought in to be vice president. As far as Kamala is concerned, they got to get rid of her because she's a, she's a disaster. So uh, they will promise her a Supreme Court seat they basically say, if you step down, if you don't contend. Uh, and we win the presidency and control of the U.S. Senate, then you get the first Supreme Court nomination and uh, uh, you get confirmed in the Senate.
0: So I guess then, looking at um, you know the, the the trials of Trump now, we have you know multiple indictments going on at the same time. Um, how does this affect the election cycle? Because there's a lot undecided. I know one of the recent cases was just taken off the off the calendar for a bit as they're kind of working things out. How do these affect the election cycle?
1: Well, we, it's impossible to say going forward. We can only really say how they have affected the election process today and today. They've actually turbocharged campaign Trump's campaign. Uh, they have certainly turbocharged his fundraising. Uh, and they have brought him great public sympathy among voters who previously didn't have much use for Donald Trump. Uh, I think it's responsible for these actually, you know, scientifically proven inroads that he's making uh, among uh, African Americans, for example. Uh, I, I think that uh, so far the harassment in the legal system has worked to trump's advantage now the the more e. Jean carroll is allowed to talk the more that case is, helps donald trump because no one in their right mind can listen to this woman and find her credible i mean you can see she's having the best time of her life she's if she got raped and i don't believe she did uh she enjoys talking about it she told uh, anderson cooper it was sexy uh, just before he said let's go to a quick break so Uh, You know, I I think so far the the tsunami of lawfare against Donald Trump has has actually benefited him. Now, when we move into criminal cases, remains to be seen. Uh, In Florida, let's just recognize we're not party to the discussions, but from the outside, it appears like they want to say Trump illegally held on to these documents, but we can't tell you what's in them or what they're about, and he, we can't, he can't see them and you can't see them, but we want the jury to vote guilty. Uh, I just don't think that's going to sit well with the American people. If he held on to some document that he shouldn't have had, people are going to want to know what the document's about, don't you think?
0: Do you think they try to put him in jail, Roger? Because it just feels like this justice system, like is, it doesn't feel like it is a justice system anymore. Like, What do you think the justice system does to Trump?
1: Uh, look, it remains to be seen. I, I came this close to going to federal prison when I did absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, after my pardon, a federal judge ordered Robert Mueller to finally release his file, his long-redacted, long-hidden sections of his report regarding me. And he says it there in black and white that he found no evidence of Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration or any other crime. So what did I go through two years of hell for? I'll tell you why. To pressure me to testify falsely against Trump. Had he not acted, frankly, by now, I probably would have died of COVID in some dank Georgia prison, uh, thanks to the Power of Jesus Christ, the power of prayer, and Donald J. Trump, uh, I'm here to be on your show today. So uh, I don't put anything past these people. Uh, people who have power never want to give power up voluntarily. Uh, could it be uh, another uh, pandemic? Uh, could it be uh, the staging of some terrorist event on U.S. soil? Uh, you know, a replay of the Reichstag fire? Uh, could it uh, be a world war? Could it be an assassination attempt on Trump? Could be any of those things. I I pray against all of them, uh, but I I do think we have an increasingly hysterical, uh, increasingly uh, uh, apoplectic uh, uh, enemy here, uh, and they're desperate to hang on to power because they know they've broken the law, they know they've engaged in treason, uh, and they know uh, that uh, there are going to be consequences for that. Uh, as there should be no it's not about revenge it's about having one system of justice one system so there's no reason why Hillary Clinton and and John Podesta and Jake Sullivan uh, and CIA director Brennan or FBI director they should not be allowed to lie under oath before Congress regarding material matters and and not be held cons- uh, you know uh, responsible for it I just use that as a one example. I could think of many others. This argument that Trump, uh, as a former president, does not have immunity, uh, I don't know how that will go in the Supreme Court. But if that happens, then in all honesty, those U.S. citizens hit by drones by Barack Obama will be able to sue Barack Obama. Those journalists who were surveilled, Tucker Carlson, James Rosen of Fox, who were under surveillance by the government without a warrant. They'll be able to sue. I think they're opening Pandora's box in this area.
0: Well, Roger, I know uh, you've you've been on the radio several times today, and you know you're a very busy guy, and you've made enough time for us to have this conversation. I have one final question for you before I let you go. And I guess when we look at a second Trump term, how does it compare to the first one, and what can we expect in a second Trump term?
1: Well, look, I argue that Trump came to Washington; he hadn't been in politics. He had no background in politics. He'd won an extraordinarily improbable victory by running a truly brilliant campaign. But it really was, in many ways, a one-man campaign. He was his own wordsmith and his own strategist and his own speechwriter and his own scheduler. And uh, it really was a unique situation in American politics. Our first president, who wasn't a senator or a governor or a general or a congressman. Uh, but and I he said this in his interview on Fox the other night with uh, Maria Bartiromo. He made some mistakes. There's no question about that. I think he's much wiser now. So despite those mistakes, he still gave you the most robust economy in U.S. history, the greatest rate of job growth, the greatest w- rate of wage growth, uh, the greatest uh um, uh, amount of money coming back in the country uh, with a different tax treatment to be invested here. He rebuilt our military strength. He appointed scores of conservatives to the courts. And he kept the peace, more importantly. We had no foreign wars starting on his watch. He brought troops home from the Middle East without the countries they were serving in collapsing uh, You know, behind them, unlike Joe Biden. Uh, and I think his unpredictability as a chief executive, particularly in the foreign policy realm, uh, kept uh, our adversaries like China and Russia at bay because they didn't know what to make of him. He warned them, you go into Taiwan, I hit Moscow. You go into Ukraine, I, I pardon me, you go into Taiwan, I hit Peking. You go into to, to Ukraine, I, I will hit Moscow. And, and He tells me that Xi and Putin both said the same thing. You will not do that. And Trump said, really? Try me. <laughs> and they didn't want to try him.
0: Well, Roger, I really appreciate your your time today. Um, I know you have the Stone Zone. You also have a, uh, have a show on in uh, WABC in New York, but where can our listeners find you? Where can they find more from you, sir? Uh,
1: folks can go to rumble.com slash Roger Stone, rumble.com slash Roger Stone uh, to watch my daily show, or you can go to stonezone.com and watch my daily show there. You can also read my print journalism. I also curate some stories that I think are important. Uh, that you may not normally see uh, there's also a store there you can get my book uh, on the kennedy assassination for example or uh, my book stone's rules uh, about uh, american politics and the things i've learned in 45 years in the arena has a great forward by my friend tucker carlson uh, Stonezone.com. check it out subscription there is absolutely free sign up when little box comes up and uh, you can keep track of all things roger stone
0: Very cool. Roger Stone, thank you for coming back on again today, sir. And we'll we'll definitely have to have you back on in the future. Thanks, Jeremy. God bless you.